Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hi, so today on the podcast, we have Arielle, and she is going to share so much lovely stuff about practicing self-care when we are trying to conceive, which I know is something a lot of my listeners come here for. So yeah, I would love for you to introduce yourself a little bit, share about you and your practice. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist based out of California, and I specialize in working with anxious millennial Gen Z women. Um, a while back, I also did a nutritional therapy practitioner training. So I got trained in some holistic nutrition stuff, which we'll kind of touch on later. Um, and then I also teach yoga like you and have a one and a half year old little boy now. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of fun little things in common there too, um, which kind of leads me to my next question here. So yeah, we, we have little ones that are pretty close in age. I think they're just like a month or two separated, which is kind of a fun thing. Um, and I know that you and I both shared that we have, our own experiences with our fertility journey, which certainly made the self-care piece um, important and also challenging. So yeah, I would love for you to share with our listeners um, of whatever you feel comfortable with. What was your journey with fertility? What did that look like for you? Yeah, it feels, it's, it's wild because I think when you're in it, it feels like it's never going to end and it's just so all-consuming. And now that my son is one and a half and then like you throw in the nine months of pregnancy, it, I mean, it has been a long time, mm-hmm. right? But at the time it just was like, you know, I was trying to get pregnant. Our first pregnancy, I was, I've been trying for six months and I got pregnant and um, went into the doctor and they're like, you know what, this isn't a viable pregnancy, which is just like such medical jargon. Right. right? Absolutely. And doesn't really and encapsulate like that loss and grief that you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. And it was, a, it was just very unexpected. I went into my regular doctor and she was like, and I was like, these are the things I've been going on. She's like, Oh, like, you know, let's just do a pregnancy test. And I found out I was pregnant and then they got me into the OB. And at that point I was 11, 11 weeks oh, pregnant. Wow. And they're like, you know what, this just isn't viable. And I had like really, I was so happy that to be pregnant. And then after that, um, when I miscarried the baby, it was really hard on me. Um, and just like very isolating and like heavy. And I was so grateful because my support system either had like friends of friends, they got me in touch with people who could really like understand and give me the information I needed to make empowered choices moving forward. Um, so that was hard. And then after that, it took over a year to get pregnant again. And, um, you know, I think we all, I'll speak for myself, but I think a lot of therapists get into this field because we also struggle with our own mental Mm -hmm. health. And I myself tend to be pretty anxious. And so I was trying to focus on what I could control. I was trying to like 
you know, just be so rigid with the timelines and the checking of things and getting in that fertile window. And so I was just doing the most probably yep. that one could be doing. Um, and so after a year, I was like, okay, we need to be doing something different because that's when they start taking you seriously, mm-hmm. right? The doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went in and we met with a fertility treatment center and I, you know, they did the ultrasound and they're like, oh, there's some scar tissue in there, probably from the miscarriage. Maybe that's, you know, impacting our ability to get pregnant. And then they did some testing on my husband and it turned out that really the issue was more on his side with his sperm. Mm. So, which is, I think something that we should probably talk about because I think so often women take the blame and the responsibility and not that anyone's at fault. Right. But the man is equally part, at least in this situation, right. The man is equally part of the conversation. Mm. Absolutely. And the doctors, you know, at least, especially when you're not at the point of going to a fertility treatment center yet, the doctors aren't really looking at the men. Like I had him go in and to our regular doctors and had him get tested and they just were like, oh, everything's fine. Like keep going. (sighs) And I really pushed for more answers. So I was grateful that I did that. And then he made some changes with his diet. He cut back on caffeine, which can be really bad for sperm. Um, And some other lifestyle changes like the stress, the the pocket, the cell phone in the pocket thing, you know, just like these silly things that we don't think anything Mm -hmm. about, but they can have a big impact. Um, And so he did all that and we're still trying, we're still trying. I'm to the point where I'm about to schedule the surgery to get rid Mm -hmm. of the scar tissue because I'm like, maybe this is it. And this is the problem, which the funny thing about that is like, it could create more scar tissue. Right. To have this surgery. Such a complicated like <laughs> and, choice there. Yes. Yes. And it's like so much of me just like wanting to control things, the uncertainty around like really wanting to grow my family and like have this baby. I just have always felt like being a mom is something that I like would be good mm-hmm. at and like really was something I needed in my life. And so I was really attached to to getting pregnant and all of that. And I imagine a lot of people listening Absolutely. resonate with that. So I was about to schedule a surgery and literally took a pregnancy test that wow. day and found out. I was <laughs> yes, what wild timing that is, right? And and fortunate timing there yeah. too. Yeah, it was such a relief and also it was just very in shock and it was still very early on. Like, I don't even think I had missed my period mm-hmm. yet. I just like kind of had this feeling Um And so I was grateful that I found out when I did, but it was, you know, I think probably two years of really trying, of being pregnant and like, you know, the first trimester is no fun either. And I had all the symptoms Mm -hmm. Um, and then to like restart and redo it all over again um, was a lot. Yes, right. You named a really important point there because, yeah, you said you had um, found out about that miscarriage, right? Like kind of when that first trimester is about to wrap up. So it's like you went through, at, at least from my experience, right? Like that was like the worst phase of pregnancy. So you had to go through that and experience that loss, which is a lot to hold. Um, and you, before that you had been trying for six months and I don't know about for you, but like for me, sometimes like 
that time period before the doctors take it seriously can sometimes be even harder because you're like, this is not going as fast as it maybe does for other people. So something feels wrong. And those of us, like, it sounds like yourself and myself who maybe are those anxious planners, it's like, what can we do, right? So you went through that with the first one and had that loss and then had had an entirely additional, like, infertility experience. Um, and, and I love that you named this piece and it's going to be, like, a question that we'll have at the end, too, of, like, making sure that both partners are a part of this self-care and, you know, taking care of ourselves and our bodies around fertility. Because I think it is a really frustrating thing um, in in male-female partnerships. It is so much more often where doctors will really look at and do all of this invasive testing and procedures for the female partner um, before even doing like some real testing for the male partner, which is mind-boggling because a lot of that is initially at least so much more less invasive than the female testing and procedures can be. I totally agree with you. And I think like, and, you know, I think there's a lot of more research kind of coming out on this and speaking more to male fertility, which has just been so under-researched up into this point. But that's why it's so important to be, I think as women, especially the narrative, the dialogue, and then just typically speaking, the woman wants to get pregnant in these situations, especially if there's fertility, because you wouldn't go through all of this trouble if it wasn't something you really wanted. And so there can be so much pressure that we put on ourselves to make sure that we're doing everything right in quotation (laughs) marks and like just making sure that we're setting ourselves up for the outcome that we want. But the men also, at least in these male-female partnerships, also need to be doing this, Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for, for anyone listening, um, if you are in a male-female partnership, it's a great one to be like, okay, I'm getting my partner on board. Um, and even if it's even if it's not, right, even if your partner isn't a part of um, the conception process, like having them be a partner in the self-care stuff is is always is always a good thing, right? Totally. Um, and so you've named some of these things that we can experience um, in terms of stressors related to trying to conceive, right? Like even if it's even if it's not quite to that point of experiencing infertility or experiencing loss, like each month that it doesn't go the way that you plan feels stressful and we can have a lot of these self-expectations and some of that maybe perfectionism show up. So I'd love to hear from you, like what are some common things that folks face in, in terms of stressors that, that show up during this um, process of trying to conceive? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think you really spoke to, I think the biggest one, especially for me, was just the heaviness mm-hmm. month after month when you, you know, it's, it's this like little roller coaster of like, we have two weeks where we're really like focused on leading up to ovulation and tracking and timing. And then the two week wait, which is just mm-hmm. stressful in and of itself. And then just the like, as you were saying it, I felt my body like physically respond to just like the, the negative pregnancy test or your period coming. And then just these like heavy couple of days where like you're having your period, but you don't want to be, all you want is to be pregnant. And so I think that is a really big stressor. Just 
A, the, the constant need to be timing things and then the letdown when, if and when you don't have a positive pregnancy test, right? right? I think if we look at, especially if you've gotten to the point where fertility doctors are involved, like the medical treatments, having to advocate for yourself mm-hmm. at the doctor, having to really like fight for yourself because no one else is going to, that's really stressful. I think dealing with family and friends, I know it was so hard for me at the time, every time I would see like a pregnancy oh, announcement. Yeah. And I think that that was layered obviously with having experienced the miscarriage, mm-hmm. but like, it was just like a gut punch yes. every time. And then I would feel guilty that I like wasn't happy for my friends or my family because of course they deserve to have their families grow. Right. And so you have this, these nuanced feelings that you don't know what to do with. Right. right. Which is hard. I think too, like obviously the financial strain, it's yeah. tough on your relationship with your partner. If you're doing this with a partner, if you're doing it alone, I'm sure it's even more stressful. <laughs> totally. Right. I feel like I could go on and on about yes, the stress. It is like, and I think it's important to name how stressful it can be because um, I think a lot of us leading into like when you're deciding like, okay, I want to try to get pregnant. Um I think society kind of spins it as like, it's this exciting time. It's going to be fun. And then you're going to move forward with your goals and everything. And um, maybe for some that happens, but I think even for folks who like, maybe things do go pretty smooth and they get pregnant within a few months, like that is still stressful, right? Let alone if you're doing it, you know, for, for such a long time, because there are these, these roller coasters of like, okay, like we're, we're leading into ovulation and now you're so focused on making sure everything that's supposed to happen happens. And then you're stuck in this like wait cycle where you're just waiting on how is this going to go? And so it's just up and down and can be all consuming for yourself and for your relationship and for your relationships outside of your partnership too. It's, it is a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. Well, I even, even speaking to that too, like I even remember planning our social calendar around the ovulation window because I'd be like, oh, we can't do that then because we need to be available for this. Absolutely. Right. Like that is so spot on. And um, I know lots of, lots of listeners have probably already heard my story a bit, right? But um, we experienced infertility. We did IUI and then we ended up doing IVF, which fortunately for us was successful. But yeah, like it, it was so all-consuming with the schedules and things of like, okay, we can't go on vacation or we can't do these different plans or like, okay, we're in a treatment cycle. So it, it kind of like blocks off your whole social calendar and, and it makes it harder to fit in the self-care pieces too, right? So it's all-consuming on so many levels. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like kind of knowing that and creating space for that and acknowledging that this is what is aligned with a your goals and your values right now can help kind of keep you sane through all of it because otherwise it can just feel like so much loss and it can feel really heavy it can feel disappointing just like all of these things and you're like why am I giving up so much for what right and so I think that was helpful for me at least to kind of like keep my eye on you know the prize and then also evaluate like it's okay if you're burnt out on it and you need to take a break totally. because that's normal too. Yes, absolutely. And that is like, 
an integral part of self-care, right, is knowing when we need those breaks. Um, and, and on that note, I would love to, to hear from you, like, why is self-care important? Like, both for our, like, physical and mental health, but also in, in regards to fertility, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I mean, there's so much <laughs> yes. on being when we're stressed out it's hard it's harder to get Mm -hmm. pregnant right like we need to try and create a situation in our body that feels safe for a new life to come join it right and so first and foremost like we need to work on lowering cortisol levels just calming the body calming the mind which can be so hard especially if you're like a type a (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and so when i I'm getting on top, so I'll redirect. But so I think for stress levels, obviously that's important. I think too, if we look at just if the end goal is to become a parent, parenthood is stressful, mm-hmm. as I'm sure, oh, you yeah. can, uh, I'm sure you know. Oh, yeah. And so one of the things that was really helpful for me when I was working with my therapist through all of this was she kind of framed everything in the lens of like, if we practice these things now, it will be a little bit easier when, if and when baby finally is here of like, how do we care for ourselves? How do we do these things even when they're really challenging? Which I think is like such a beautiful idea of like, yes. we need to nurture ourselves. I love that. First. And I think, and and yeah, I kind of stepped in to that myself too um, when we were trying to grow our family. And I think it is such a nice reminder and kind of reframe to the why because um those of us who are those like type a planners it's like okay like I really just need to focus on what's going to help me get pregnant and and we sometimes even though yes self-care of course like helps with fertility sometimes we're like oh no that's just for my mental health so I don't need to do it but also this reminder of like this is going to support me as a parent too right and so it's it's important for me now because even if it was just a mental health benefit, like that's still important, but it's going to help me to connect to these practices when that baby is here, which is so needed, right? Um, as well as, of course, all of the like physical and fertility benefits that that can bring too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I think like just with anything in life, when there's these big changes or moments of uncertainty, and especially, you know, I work with anxious millennials there's the key Mm. problem is uncertainty there Mm. right and this this big goal that feels like so high stakes can carry a lot of uncertainty and stress with it and that's where I think the self-care is even more important of of like we need to ground into the things that help us feel safe we need to ground into the things that nurture ourselves that nurture the people in our lives too because if we're not feeling grounded or connected or cared for how could we possibly welcome a baby into our body, let alone, right. you know, support the other people in our life? Totally, totally. And I think it kind of like you're saying it, it lets us know our areas for growth, right? Like any tough life transition, but especially right. Like when we are working to grow our family and if it's feeling challenging, um, it, it lets us know like, okay, what are the things that need attention uh, from, from me that will support me through this? Um, and one question I'd love to, to hear some information on from you before we get into like the specific, like self-care practices that you'd recommend is, um, one that I think is tricky for, for those, for those of you listening who might fit in with either of our styles of like, 
we maybe get a little bit perfectionistic and high expectations of ourselves, and that can like get thrown into our healing journeys as well, right? So I know for me, sometimes I struggled with like, okay, here are the things that I need to do that's going to help with my mental health as well as like help my body prepare and be more receptive to pregnancy. And then I almost felt like this very rigid, anxious approach to it of like, okay, and I have to do it all perfectly. Um, So for those folks who might be stuck in like a self-blame or self-criticism cycle for feeling like, oh, my stress or my difficulty with practicing self-care is causing my struggle with fertility. Like what, what might you say to those folks? I mean, I think to be Mm -hmm. gentle with yourself first and foremost, right? There's enough pressure in this world and more often than not, especially if you identify as like an anxious perfectionist, you're probably the person putting the majority of that pressure out onto you, right? And so I think that's where kind of self-compassion comes in of, you know, how do I ground myself in doing the best that I can and knowing that that looks different on different days at different stages and that my best is enough on any given day. Um, I think like some self-compassion work, like I love Kristen Neff. Mm -hmm. I think she is amazing with all of her self-compassion stuff. So she has a bunch of practices on her website that can be really helpful if you're finding that you're getting wrapped up into self-blame. Then I also think, you know, reading books and talking to people who have been through this can be so helpful. Um, Those were the moments, I have a great friend support system and um, everyone was like very much there for me, but there's something different about somebody who's been through Mm -hmm. it and who's going through it. And so I think like finding people like that can also be really helpful, especially if you get caught up in the self-blame because when you hear them talk about it, you're like, there's no way that I would blame them for that. And I think sometimes holding up that mirror can be really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, knowing that like when we actually give ourselves space to like recognize that it is a struggle and recognize that it makes sense that we're feeling stressed, sometimes that naturally like reduces our stress, which it's like, so when we give ourselves the space, it's actually going to help you to connect to this more, um, which sometimes feel feels a little counterintuitive, especially if we've got an inner critic going on, which is maybe saying like, no, push yourself, do more. Um, and then I love that you're naming, right? Like finding ways that we can normalize our experience. So yeah, like read different books or listen to podcasts. I know I was big into like listening to the different infertility podcasts just to be like, oh, like, I don't know these people, but they kind of feel like my friends because they're sharing their experience with me. And, and it helps me know that I'm not alone in that too. Totally. And I think that's a great, a great way too, because I think, you know, listening to podcasts is something I always do when I go for walks. And I think what, what better way you're comboing self-care and that of like, I'm going to listen to a podcast that is supporting me emotionally. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm getting some vitamin D. Like all of these things are positive for your mental health, but also your physical health. And that's really great. Yes. There might even be some folks listening right now that are doing that combo. It's, it's a nice combo to connect to for sure. Totally. And I think like you're so right about sometimes when we think we need to be a certain way or we don't honor the feelings that are coming up, the stress just gets louder. Mm -hmm. And when we take some time to slow down and tune in and just say, you know what, 
this is how I'm feeling and that's okay. We just kind of surrender to it. There's so much power in that, even though it can be so challenging. Absolutely. And it's it's very much a practice and it's a skill that as we practice, we we can feel more benefit from it. So for those listening, like it takes some time to get into these routines and it, 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 yeah, it takes practice. Um, which then kind of gets us to like, I would love to know like what, what coping skills for yourself and for the folks that you work with, like, do you find helpful, um, when someone is in the world of trying to conceive? Yes. (laughs) So I know, and you kind of spoke to, kind of like that rigidity and like almost, you know, having like a checklist of like, these are the things that I'm doing to help myself get pregnant or to do whatever. Right. And I think that can be helpful sometimes. And sometimes that can get a little out of hand. And so checking in with yourself just on a regular basis of like, how am I feeling? What thoughts am I having about trying to get pregnant? You know, journaling can be a really great way to kind of tune in and, and figure out what's going on in any mm-hmm. given moment because it, it fluctuates so much, especially to where you are in the cycle, right? Like sometimes you're feeling more hopeful and that might come with more energy. So your self-care might look different. Totally. And then maybe the day you've gotten your period, you're like, you know what? Like, I just don't want to do anything. Yeah. And like your self-care is going to look different that day. Yeah. Right. I think that's really nice of like giving yourself permission to adjust what it looks like. Right. Because not only are you probably feeling different things based on the hormones of different parts of your cycle, but obviously you've got a lot of emotion invested into it. And yeah, I think you you named it perfectly, right? Like leading up to that ovulation or around there, right? You're like, okay, here's the go time. Like I know what I've got to do. And you kind of feel like, okay, this is going to be the one. Um, and then I would notice for me, it was like, especially like in the halfway mark of the like two week wait, where I was just like, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And I lose hope and the self-care that I would need would be totally different. Um, and then, yeah, especially if it's an unsuccessful cycle and you get that period, like you're maybe, but you might not be feeling super motivated to do a very like energetic, hopeful self-care thing. You might just need to really hold space mm-hmm. in, in your self-care practice. Totally. And so I think that's like the first thing when we look at what does self-care look like while trying to conceive, I think it's that we need to tune Mm -hmm. in. We need to a, and this is for anyone really like self-care doesn't need to be the same thing every day. And it shouldn't be like, that would, that would be weird. Like some days we need to be high energy. Other days we, we can't, and that's okay. And so first we tune in second, I would say just kind of like I spoke to earlier about like this idea of nurturing, thinking about how can I nurture myself and that might look very different because I think that there's some self-care things where it's like, oh, I'm going to go and run five miles, right? And that can be really good for your physical health. It can be really good for your body. It might not be Right. It's like do what is good for your body, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like everything's so individual, but I think to look at, you know, asking yourself, what would feel really nurturing to Mm -hmm. myself today? Is it getting in a warm bath? Is it going for a slow walk? Is it sitting in the backyard and like watching the trees move? These are simple things that don't need to add a ton of time or take a ton of time from your day. You can do them anywhere, but I think it's about getting in tune with what do I need first and foremost. Um, so yeah, I don't know if the nurturing is hitting yes, home for you too on absolutely, that. Absolutely, right? Like it, it is all about like what 
would nurture you in this moment, um, which is going to be different from day to day. And, and kind of like what you were saying before of like, oh, hey, this is going to help as, you know, if and when I do get to become a parent, right? Like that self-nurturing is huge um, because to be able to nurture a little one, like knowing how to nurture ourselves is like, that's, that's how we learn it. Yeah. And I think that that too was something just from working with my own therapist was like, how do we, in a sense, like manipulate ourselves into making these Mm -hmm. changes to be a better parent, hopefully down the line. Yes. Because sometimes it can be so hard to do it just for Mm -hmm. us. Um, Or just, I'll speak to myself. Sometimes it can be hard to put myself first in those moments Especially too, if you're like, I don't have the time or it's so selfish to do these things. But I think if we look at it through the lens of like, you know, I want to model to my child that self-care is important. Like I want to know how to nurture and self-soothe myself. And so I think kind of using that little mind trick to get yourself to start to take those things a little bit more seriously to help you be the kind of mom or parent that you want absolutely yeah I think that's um something that I use for myself and and for many clients too right of like how do you give yourself this extra buy-in right like yeah of course it's great if initially we can be like I'm doing this because like I'm worthy of self-compassion and care like lovely but if you can't connect to that like connect to something that'll help you buy into the practice and and yes then continue working on this is good for me too right like it's it's a win-win in that way. Yes. Totally. And doing both of those things together is like a, like you said, it's a win-win. It's a double right. whammy. All the yes. things. Yes. Totally. Totally. But I think like some of the other kind of self-care things that I really leaned on, and obviously as a yoga yeah. teacher, I'm a little yeah. biased, but there is research <laughs> that talks about how great mm-hmm. yoga is for trying to conceive in different types yeah. of it. Right. Um, And so I think too, that's where kind of tuning into how you're feeling, like sometimes maybe going to a a vinyasa or like a more fast paced yoga class was what sounded good. But during, like while I was trying to conceive, I regularly scheduled in some like restorative Mm -hmm. yoga. Mm -hmm. There's something just so calming about it of, you know, the, there's, for those of you who are listening, you're like, I don't know what restorative (laughs) yoga is. It's like, this very restorative, relaxing process where you have all these props, you use blankets, bolsters, and blocks, and you just go in a room. And for me, it's about like, how do I support myself? And I think so much of that practice is just like, I'm surrendering and like, I'm safe and I'm held and I'm supportive, supported. And I think like, what baby wouldn't want to come like enter into this energy, right? Like this kind of welcoming space of like, if I feel safe in myself, then like I can welcome in yes, this life a little bit easier. Absolutely. And and I love that you named that. And that was such a huge piece for me too, right? A fellow fellow yoga person here. And um yeah, especially that restorative yoga, it was so lovely. And and there were times where it was maybe hard to connect to like this feeling of like, oh, this is this is gonna be great and so welcoming. But for me, um, especially when I was Um, in a phase where I really wanted to like build in hope or if I was in a treatment cycle where I was like, okay, I am all in it this cycle. Um, That was like a regular part of my evening routine is like, okay, I'm going to practice some restorative poses um, and I'm going to like 
do some internal mantras about like this being a welcoming space to, to grow my family. Or even sometimes it was like acting as if like, okay, I am pregnant and I am nurturing this like little clump of cells inside me right now. Right. Um, and so I think that can be a lovely adding, adding in these like affirmations, uh, when it feels right can be a lovely thing to add into that yoga practice too. Totally. And like you said, like that building and hope, like, and I think, you know, some people listening might be like, wow, it's so woo-woo to like (laughs) say mantras and like take what you need. But I did find that so helpful too, of like, you know, acting as if I was pregnant or like visualizing. And I wish I could remember the name, but after I miscarried, there was a book that I read, maybe talking about spirit babies. I don't remember the name, but yes, I'll add it in the notes. Yeah. But in that, there was two, there were like all these like beautiful kind of like visualizations mm-hmm. and practices. And so like doing yoga, I would kind of like say some of those things or I would, if I was having a particularly challenging time, like I would lean into those and that would give me a little sense of comfort. Yes. I think too, like leaning on if you're a religious or a spiritual person or whatever your source of comfort is, can you lean on that a little heavier right. in these challenging times? Absolutely. It's, it just, it's like comfort for the soul, right? And it might be different for each person, but yeah, getting a little explorative for yourself of like, what might that be? Or even doing a little trial and error, right? If what we're, if you're listening and you're like, that sounds weird, um, maybe give it a try if it feels okay enough to try and just like see like, okay, if I practice this for a week or so, like, how does it feel? Um, and if it doesn't feel great, you can toss it. But if it does, you might keep it in at some points. And I think that's such a good way to approach self-care mm-hmm. in general of like what works for someone, one person might not work for you and that's okay and that's normal but we don't know until we try. And for most of these things we're suggesting, there's not really much to lose. Right. Absolutely. Right. It's like, it might just feel weird. And maybe you felt like you wasted 15 minutes of your day. That's okay. Right. (laughs) That's, and, and this is what I share with clients all the time of like, when you're practicing a new skill, like the goal isn't necessarily that in that moment, it's going to feel like a home run, but it's more of a like, okay, to figure out what supports me best, I have to practice it out and I have to try it out and I have to go through some times where it maybe feels weird or uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and I think that's such great language to be using too. Self-care is a practice. It's not something that we're ever perfecting, right? And it changes given, you know, self-care while trying to conceive looks very different than maybe self-care in pregnancy and vice versa, right? And so I think it's looking at all of these things, I'm just practicing at it and that's okay to do that. I don't need to do it perfectly. I don't need to check things off my list. I'm just practicing yeah. and I give myself grace if I don't do the things that I say that I want to do or even if I do. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, yoga was huge for me. I think along with that, I really made a priority of Mm -hmm. meditating and doing breath work, which again, so much research on the benefits Mm -hmm. of that for stress reduction. Um, So I'm a big proponent of that and like just really simple breathing exercise, like even just taking a minute to do some deep inhales and exhales and counting it out can be huge. Um, And if you're listening, you're like, I've never done breath work or meditation. It sounds intimidating. I know Um, it doesn't have to be. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts on yeah, that. Yeah, I think um, with that, right, a lot of folks, if you haven't practiced like meditating or breath work, it it feels like this like thing that's so big. And because I think most of us, we visualize someone who's just like sitting in pure silence for 35 minutes, like meditating, and they're like totally present. And um, that is so not what it is. It can be, right? Like that might be what it looks like, but most of the time it's not. Um And so allowing it to like meditation is just a practice of being present, which sometimes means noticing that we're having a really hard time being present, right? Like if you practiced five minutes of meditation and you noticed your mind was wandering on your grocery list, but you identified that like, great, you just practiced a form of meditation. Um, and, And with breath work too, I think sometimes we feel this need of like, oh, if I'm doing it right. Um, and yeah, I think here we're really speaking to the folks who are like, I've got to do it right. And then it will work. Um, we think, okay, if I'm doing it right, I'm going to have these like long, full breaths and I'm going to feel so relaxed. Um, but start with where you're at, which might just mean observing your breath with zero intention of changing it, but just to notice what does this feel like? Um, and it gets to be a practice, right? So over time, your breath might start to feel a little bit more comfortable and you might start to notice different practices. Try out some different guided ones that you can find online or whatnot um, to see what feels good for me. Um, and then you get to bring that in and, and it might feel more helpful than when you just started it. Totally. Well, and I think I think about too, like so many of my clients think that meditating just means that you have no thoughts. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like our, our thoughts just don't leave our brain. That would be nice. Right. It'd be a welcome vacation. Yep. I'm sure. But it's about, like you said, just like slowing down, tuning in to noticing that the thoughts are there and we don't need to attach yeah. to them. We don't need to judge them. And that is a practice in and of itself. I also think that, I don't know, at least I've, I think this way, but breath work can almost be easier than the idea of meditation because it's it's a little bit more um I mean we yes. all breathe it's like tangible there's something that we're doing right yeah. yeah you're like I can set a timer for a minute I can take some deep yeah. breaths and like that could be mm-hmm. simple it could be easy it's not as intimidating yes. versus meditating of like oh, I have to go sit in a room and like be quiet right. and do whatever that can feel really Absolutely. Right. So I think with that and and really all self-care is like start where you're at um, and easier said than done, but work to like reduce these self-expectations because it it is like I think self-care and learning how to care for yourself and learning how to nurture yourself. It's a journey that um, we don't just say like, okay, I'm going to do this and it's here right now. I will feel these things, but it's more of a, I'm going to practice these things and I'm going to learn a lot about myself and what feels supportive for me throughout the process of it. Yeah. Well, and I know, um, that you do some guided yes, meditations on here. Absolutely. Sometimes. I, that was what was, I think listening to guided yeah. meditations was what initially got yes. me in the door with meditation. I think it can feel more supportive. It can feel a little bit more structured. And I think too, while I was trying to conceive, I spent um, a lot of time listening to one centered solely around trying to conceive. And I found that was really helpful too. Right. So that's like a nice piece of like, do some exploration, find 
some guided ones that resonate with you, right? And there's going to be some you listen to that you're like, no, that that person's not for me. I want to listen to different ones. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, I've got lots of different guided meditations here on this podcast. So you might find some that feel supportive there too. Yeah. 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 Breathwork meditation. Yes. It's great, right? Going down the self-care list too. I think, you know, those are more um, kind of like physical things that we could be doing. I think also, you know, obviously if you're struggling with fertility or if you're trying to conceive, being aware of your diet and your nutrition and how you're fueling your body is so important. Um, you know, eating balanced meals that have protein, fat, carbohydrates, fiber, you want like lots of dark leafy greens and all those sorts of things. Um, making sure that you're taking a prenatal vitamin that has the right nutrients in it. I really love, I don't know, um, what prenatal you took, but I love parallel health. They have an amazing prenatal that, um, it's interesting. They, the way that they do it, they have one for trying to conceive and then for each stage of pregnancy, what, if and when you you get pregnant, because your nutrient needs actually change at each stage. Really helpful to know. And so in the, right. And like, nobody's talking about like my OB never anything like that to me. Um, so it's so important to know that. And I think too, while trying to conceive, there are certain supplements, not that any one supplement is going to be like, oh, sudden I'm a fertile queen, but it's important to know, like, you know, there's a certain one that they have in there. So it's like CoQ10, yeah. like that's really good for fertility, right? Um, it's good for your partner to be on a prenatal too. If we talk, not a prenatal, but yes, like a multi Right. Like supplements right? that support their process too. Yes. yes. So I think that's like a big piece of the self-care too, especially when I was trying to conceive was so much of, you know, trying to get pregnant is out of our control. And I found that focusing on supporting my body and like nurturing my body through food and nutrition was really helpful, not in like a rigid way where I was like, I need to be eating salmon five times a week. Um, But right, like the omega-3s in the salmon are really good for baby and like you want to build up the nutrient stores in your body so that once you get pregnant with baby, you can get them all those good things. And I love how you put that there, right. Of like, you know, instead of being rigid, just being mindful of like, okay, what is going to support my body, um, both around fertility as well as when I'm pregnant. And, and yeah, I like to think about this whenever we're trying any kind of change, but especially around food, because I know a lot of folks can have difficult relationships with food and and trying to change those things. But instead of feeling this rigid expectation of instead focusing on like, this is really good for my body and and I want to add it in and it makes my body feel good. And, and I think is another one where it's like, start where you're at. Um, if, if you are someone who maybe struggles to get these like nutrient dense foods in, Tomorrow doesn't have to be the day that you get it all in, but maybe you start with like, okay, what feels like a good place for me to start that also feels good in my body too? Well, and I think that that's so important to think about because I think especially as women, we've had a lot of messaging Mm -hmm. around our bodies, around what we should be eating, how we should look. And instead of thinking about things that we need to take away, looking at what we can add instead of like, oh, you know, this is what I'm going to eat. And maybe it's not the most nourishing or the thing that's going to give me the best 
bang for my buck with the X, Y, and Z nutrient, right? But could I add some broccoli to it? Could I work in fish? Like just like one thing that you could add. We don't need to take a bunch of things away. We don't need to change things too drastically. But looking at like how can I add a little bit more nutrition, a little bit of these things that could maybe support me and my goals a little bit better. Yeah, I think that's – with all forms of self-care is really nice. But yeah, especially um, with food, if we we have some – body image or food expectation things. Um, And I think it's kind of a nice segue into our last question before we wrap up, right? Um, Of how women and, and certainly, right, like all different folks might be listening to this, but my guess, um, at least from my own experience, right, where I was so much more like focused and fixated on these things. And I was taking in all the other information where my partner was kind of just going with the flow and doing the things, um, but maybe not as, um, not researching and listening to all the podcasts and doing that as I was. Um, For folks who maybe their partner isn't fully in the process of like doing self-care for themselves or joining in on the process, or like you named before, um, or medically, they might not be answering some of the same questions that women are. Um, what are some things that couples can do together or, or ways that a partner can join in on some of these things too? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of what we spoke to earlier, but this can feel really isolating mm-hmm. and the pressure can really feel like it's all on us. And so bringing your partner in, especially to, I mean, pregnancy, it doesn't. <laughs> right. <different>. Absolutely. <laughs> you're the one generally carrying the baby, like your body's going through all these changes. And so if you can start this process by like looping your partner in on it, that's such a beautiful way to go into hopefully a pregnancy. Yeah. And postpartum, um, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's yes. another one of those things that pays off as you practice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think having those conversations and, you know, being really intentional, kind of sitting down and making sure that you're on the same page with your goals. Um, And then also, you know, getting curious with them about like, what would they find helpful in this? If there's something Mm -hmm. in yourself that you're like, oh, I would really love support with this, then I think obviously asking your partner for that, like, that's amazing but also giving them space to think about it too and be like, what would it look like if I were meaningfully involved in this? And I share this goal, right? In theory, most people are probably consenting to growing their family. So how can I be equally invested in that goal, right? Yes. And I love how kind of looking at it that way, um, instead of it being like a thing where it's like, okay, I'm directing – the things I'm practicing and things you're practicing, it, it's more of a conversation of here is a shared goal that we have. Like what would feel nice for each of us and what do we need from each other, right? So there's more room for conversation, which I think often can kind of shut down like the defensiveness or the withdrawal that sometimes can show up in those conversations too. Totally. And I think that curiosity is kind of the piece of it too. And, you know, picking the right time, <laughs> maybe not the conversation to have like after the end of the two weeks, but maybe, you know, going out for a fun date. And I think that's important too. It's like, how can we build in these mm-hmm. connection points too? Because if you feel connected to your partner and they feel connected to you, 
everyone's going to be like more bought in. Nice. Oh, totally. And I think, yeah, what an important piece, because I think when we are in this trying to conceive cycle, it, it is so focused on like, okay, now intimacy is just related to this other goal and conversations might be so focused on this and how we're scheduling things is so focused on this. Um, and I know we can't take away all of that, but adding in pieces of like, okay, how are we getting moments to connect in ways that maybe we're like intentionally not talking about the fertility stuff or, you know, we're, we're just doing things that are fun for us too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, I am so glad you came on the podcast today. I, as you're like talking through all these things, I'm like, I wish I would have listened to you share all of these things. Like, <laughs> you know, a few years ago, back when I was starting my own journey of this, um, And I'm sure it's just been such a lovely, like, and affirming and supportive wealth of knowledge for everybody tuning in. So thank you so much for providing that perspective. Um, And I know you have also like some great offerings that folks could connect to that would help for their own self-care journeys and things like that. So I'll add that all in the show notes, of course, but can you share in our last moment here how folks can reach you and and what um, they might want to connect to from you. Yes. Well, I think this has been such a good conversation. Hopefully at least there are some nuggets people could take away. Um, You can find me on Instagram at that's so well. I'm also on Pinterest Mm -hmm. if that's more your vibe. Um, And then I do have a holistic ebook for, pregnancy it has like affirmations mindfulness practices breath work yoga poses um like nutrient recommendations so all of that you can find on my website which is that's well.com which i'm sure you'll link to um and i think that that's really helpful a obviously if you're pregnant but so much of my self-care in trying to conceive was basically acting as if i was pregnant so i just prepared my body for that in my my focus leading up to yes yeah I I was someone who was like right when you launched the ebook I'm like I'm getting this and it was good timing because I was (laughs) pregnant at that time and and yeah I think it would have been a really lovely support even before pregnancy too so um Mm -hmm. check that out I will definitely link it here in the show notes um but yeah anything any final things that you'd like to say before we wrap up at all no I mean I think just hang in there it's all it's all coming together and be gentle with yourself and yes oh well thank you so much it's been just a joy to have you on the podcast today and and yes it's been so fun just connecting with you behind the scenes over the past several years indeed yes I agree (laughs) thank you so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.